everyone, and welcome back to our podcast, English with Kaya, where I talk about various interesting topics in comprehensible English. You're listening to Kaya, and today we'll talk about the ways in which we can learn and study a new language effectively. Let's begin. So, first of all, I want to start off by saying that, like, the tips that I'm going to talk about today are my tips. So, I'm sure you have your own methods and your way of doing things. I'm sure many of you have great language teachers who teach you、um, using their methods and their teaching style. And I think everyone. Um, has his or her own way to learn new languages effectively. So,、um, and I think we should, all of us, should choose the method or like a study, like a learning style that suits us best. So, today I'm going to talk about eight tips, eight pieces of advice that I can give you about how to study. English or any other language effectively. On the other hand, I'm not saying that these eight tips are, you know, the only way to do things. I mean, please, please pick and choose the tips that work for you. Try them out. If it works for you, great, then do it. And if not, Um, that's also okay.、Um, you don't have to follow these、uh, tips if they don't work for you. If they do, that's great.、Um, then you can you know, incorporate these methods into your、uh, schedule, into your study plan. Okay, so let's begin. And by the way, if you have any methods that you know that you think are good for learning languages, then please let me know. Shoot me an email. Okay, so eight tips from me. Okay, tip number one and、uh, have fun. Two words have fun. <laughs> How do you have fun when you are studying a new language? Well, many of us associate the word study with something that we don't enjoy because. You know, we had to spend 11 or 12 years at school.、Uh, maybe, you know, school was compulsory.、Uh, we had to sit in on classes that we weren't necessarily interested in.、Um, most of us have our favorite subjects and least favorite subjects. And of course, we had to、uh, study our least favorite subjects as well. So, for many of us, study, you know, the word study is associated with something, you know, school or something we didn't want to do necessarily. But to change that mindset,、um, you can write in your journal or in your diary or wherever you write down your schedule for the week, play with English. Don't write study English. From 11 a.m. to 11 30, right? Play with English from 11 to 11 30. I always do this. I'm studying Russian and Uzbek right now, and I always write in my notebook play with Russian、uh, for 40 minutes today. 
or play with Uzbek for 30 minutes today. I never write the word study in my notebook. Um, so psych- psychologically, this way you are kind of brainwashing yourself into thinking that studying something it's some- is something that's fun. It's, it's like play, you know. It's this, you know, this uh, kind of changing the way you think, uh, your attitude towards learning and studying a new language. And other than that, you can also make uh, this study process or this play process fun for you by connecting what you play with um, to things that you are genuinely interested in. For example, if you are interested in, for example, travel, I'm interested in travel, then watch YouTube videos, watch Netflix series, Netflix documentaries about travel in the language that you are studying. So if you're studying English and, for instance, you're interested in, I don't know, fashion or animals, then search on YouTube. Find videos, find YouTubers, find documentaries about fashion or animals um, in English and watch it. And if you don't think it's interesting, you don't have to continue watching. You can find uh, find a channel that you enjoy watching, like that you cannot stop watching, that you can watch with genuine interest. And watch it in English or watch it in the language that you're studying. And uh, at first you can watch with English subtitles and later as you get used to it, then turn off the subtitles and just watch. Just let the language flow into your ears. And you don't have to look up every single word that you don't know. Just You don't have to take out your dictionary every two or three minutes. Just watch the entire thing, and and if there was one or if if there were one or two words that you thought, oh, that sounds like a useful word, I want to know what it means. Then you can take out your dictionary after you finish watching. Just you know, don't be a perfectionist. Just enjoy the process. If you think about it, when we were babies and we were learning our mother tongue. We didn't have dictionaries. We didn't take out our dictionaries in our notebooks whenever our parents said something to us. Oh, what does that mean? But we learned our native language in a very natural way. And maybe we didn't know what a word meant. But after hearing it so many times in context, we gradually learned to understand the meaning behind the word as well. Make the learning and the studying process similar to this kind of exposure. So, you know, you just you don't have to understand everything from the beginning. Just, you know, let the language come into you naturally and enjoy it. Enjoy the process. So, yeah, so you can use YouTube, Netflix. Um, by the way, I'm not being sponsored by Netflix for saying this. So I'm just, uh, I'm just saying this as a, an authentic or a genuine piece of advice. Um, um, YouTube, yeah, Netflix, podcasts. Um, if you like comics, then comic books. 
manga, um, animes, um, movies, uh, whatever, like any media content or books. Yeah, books are good. So reading,、uh, read books that you find interesting, that is at the level that you can handle. Just let the content come into you and enjoy it. Find the thing that you you're interested in, and then consume that content in the language that you're learning. All right. Tip number two: customize the study,、uh, or should I say, play process to you. So there is an American psychologist. And his name is Howard Gardner. Howard Gardner came up with the theory of the multiple intelligences. He said that there are eight basic intelligences that we humans have, and、uh, almost all of us are good at two or three of those intelligences. But, like you know, ninety-nine percent of us are not good at all of them. And what are those eight intelligences that Howard Gardner came up with? First, linguistic intelligence. People who have linguistic intelligence are good with languages. They are good at learning foreign languages and、um, uh, memorizing new words and expressing themselves using language.、Uh, intelligence number two: logical, mathematical. These people, if you are strong, if you have a strong logical mathematical intelligence, then it means that you are good with numbers. You're good with math. You're good with equations. You see the world in numbers. So talented mathematicians, talented physicists,、um, people who are good with numbers and calculations have strong logical mathematical intelligence. Intelligence number three: visual spatial intelligence.、Uh, folks who have visual spatial intelligence、um, kind of consume information via、uh, via visuals、uh, through what they see. The information comes through their eyes, and they're good at processing information that is presented to them in pictures, visuals, and videos. They're also good. At kind of kind of comprehending and understanding the world around them by、uh, looking at the space, like feeling the space, and and people like this、um, become good architects、um, or pilots or surgeons because you need to have a good grasp of space. And if you're strong with visuals, then You will probably a good be a good painter or a, a, some sort of visual artist, or maybe a filmmaker. Intelligence number four: bodily kinesthetic. If you have a strong bodily kinesthetic intelligence, it means that you learn by moving your body. Your muscles consume the information. You learn things best when you're moving your body, when you're moving your muscles. So your body is your brain. These folks、uh, become good athletes and sportsmen, sportswomen,、uh, uh, Olympians. Yes,、um, yeah, definitely. Intelligence number five is musical intelligence. If you have musical intelligence. 
a good musical intelligence, it means that you absorb information through your ears. So information comes into you through sounds and music and melodies. You uh, most probably you will make a good musician. Intelligence number six is interpersonal intelligence. If you have a strong interpersonal intelligence, it means that you are good with interacting with other people. You are good at understanding other people's emotions and you know how to navigate relationships well. So you you're good with you're good at mingling with people, making new friends, understanding other people's feelings. You will probably make a good diplomat or someone who has to work a lot with people. Intelligence number seven is intrapersonal intelligence. People with strong intrapersonal intelligence are uh, folks who are good at working on their own. So it's kind of the opposite of interpersonal uh, intelligence. If you have strong intrapersonal intelligence, it means that you're good at working by yourself. You, um, You work better on your own than you do in a team or with others. So you you kind of like to concentrate in your own personal space. So you enjoy solitude. And the final intelligence is uh, intelligence number eight, naturalist intelligence. If you have a strong naturalist intelligence, then you are good with working with nature, with plants, and with animals. These folks become good geologists, good botanists, good zoologists. Charles Darwin had a strong naturalist intelligence. He understood nature. He was able to work well with animals and understand them. So if you have a strong naturalist intelligence, you will probably enjoy working at the zoo or uh, on a nature reserve or out in the wild. Yeah. So these are the eight multiple intelligences that Howard Gardner laid out. Um, And recently, uh, it has become popular to incorporate this theory into teaching methods. So many teachers at schools are saying, and also education experts are saying, oh, we can use this theory of multiple intelligences to teach children and students um, any subject effectively. So customizing the curriculum to every, each child's multiple intelligence. So if you're working with, um, for example, uh, a child who has a strong bodily kinesthetic intelligence, so someone who learns through his or her body, then you can get the kid, the child to move around in dancing class and uh, while reciting new words or while reciting the new information that was taught in class. And kinesthetic people also learn by touching things. So you can get your students to make, um, uh, I don't know, some clay objects. Uh, So if you're teaching maybe, I don't know, a geography class and you want kids to learn about the different 
you know, about valleys and rivers and mountains, you can get bodily kinesthetic children to make, I don't know, a clay miniature of a mountain and a river uh, to learn about the properties of these geographic locations. And for example, if you're working with a student who has a strong visual intelligence, you can use photos and pictures, you can show photos and pictures to your student to get the student talking about the photo and the picture and uh, if you're teaching that student a language. So what do you see in the picture? Can you describe this for me? Where is this? What are these people doing? Please describe this in English, you know, if you're teaching English. So you can basically use this theory of multiple intelligences in your class for whatever subject you're teaching. Of course, if you have a class with 30 or 40 students, it would be impossible to customize to every single individual student. So maybe you can incorporate two or three of these intelligences into one lesson and see who reacts well to this and, and think, oh, this student has that sort of intelligence. Oh, this student works well with numbers, etc. And of course, these, this theory is easier to utilize in one-on-one -on -one private lessons. And, but of course, there are opponents to this way of doing things. I've heard that some theorists say that, oh, Gardner's theory of the eight multiple intelligence is nonsense because all of us have all of these skills. It's just, and it, you know, um, it's no use trying to customize uh, things for every student because all of us uh, have all of these eight multiple intelligences to some degree. So why just focus on one or two of them? Yes, there are opponents to this method, but I think it works. I mean, I know that I am, I, the three strongest intelligences that I have are linguistic intelligence, visual and spatial intelligence, and interpersonal intelligence. So I'm good with languages. I, I learn languages quickly. I enjoy learning languages. Um, and I, I learn things visually. So if something is presented to me, like a picture or a PowerPoint or a, a, a movie, a visuals, then I absorb that information really quickly uh, rather than someone just saying it to me vocally. So I'm really good with visuals. I absorb information through visuals. And uh, I also really enjoy interacting with people. So I learn better when I'm interacting with uh, others and have others teach me. And I also like teaching other people and I like it when other people teach me as well. So I know that these are the three strongest intelligences that I have. So how can you utilize Gardner's theory in your own studies? So try to find two or three intelligences um, among these eight intelligences that you think you are the strongest at. So I said that my strongest are linguistic, visual, spatial, and interpersonal. So you can find, you can select the three intelligences that you are the strongest at and then customize your own study plan to those three intelligences. So 
if you have strong visual intelligence, then um, make a habit of googling um, images on Google Images, and then trying to describe pictures, visual pictures, using English uh, or using the language that you're studying. And ask your teacher to do this for you during lessons. Ask your teacher, please show me uh, photos and pictures of various situations on the internet, and please have me describe them. Please correct my mistakes when I speak. This is because I learn through visuals, yes? And if you are a, a visual learner, and when you're learning new words, then Google the word that you're, that you're trying to remember. For example, if you're trying to memorize the word wealthy yeah, in English, wealthy means rich, right? And let's just suppose that you're having a hard time memorizing the word wealthy, okay? Um, and if you are a visual learner, you can Google the word wealthy on Google Images, and you will probably see a bunch of photos of random people uh, with a lot of cash, you know, like maybe a guy or a girl holding a lot of money and like, woo. Um, and then look at that photo, that photo or illustration that describes the word wealthy. And while looking at the photo, say to yourself, wealthy, 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 this person is wealthy, this person has a lot of money, this person is wealthy. By connecting the visual information to the word that you're trying to remember, by making that link, your brain will be able to memorize the word wealthy because it's connected to the visual uh, that you know portrays the word wealthy. And if you are a visual learner, this will work very well for you. So Googling words that you're trying to memorize on Google Images, looking at photos that remind you of this word and saying the word out loud. And, um, and when you're reading a reading passage, visualize the information in your mind's eye. Uh, you know, um, yeah, and I do this all the time. I'm a visual learner. Uh, for example, if you are a musical learner, then... Um, try singing songs in English. Find a song that you want to sing. Um, do solo karaoke in your room using YouTube. Sing, sing. Um, enjoy the process of singing and listening to your own voice as you sing in English. And uh, for example, if you are a, a natural naturalistic learner, then go out into nature uh, try to learn the names of the plants and the animals that you like in the language that you're studying. So customize the study, your studies, to your strengths, to your intelligences, and things will turn out well for you. And to give you an example, um, in my case, you know, I've, I've told you a hundred times that I'm a visual learner, and so when I was first studying Uzbek, I started studying Uzbek last summer. And what I did, like when I was learning the very, like the basic words, you know, like table, lamp, sofa, house, friend, like the, like the, the, like the first hundred basic words you need to survive in a language, 
um, what I did was, uh, of course, I wrote down the words um, in my notebook, but I also drew pictures um, for each word. So if I wrote down the uh, the word for house in Uzbek, then I also drew a picture of a house next to the word. Of course, not an elaborate picture, just a just around you know very a quick sketch that I could finish in like I don't know ten seconds. And so whenever I looked back at my notebook, I would see my picture first. Oh, it's a house. And then I, I'd look next to the drawing, and I would see the word house in Uzbek, uh, which is ui. And I know, oh, ui is house. And by connecting the vision, and I, I enjoy drawing. So I, I kind of connected what I enjoy drawing to the study process, and that also helped me to learn things visually. Because I could look at the uh, at my own drawings and then kind of link that to the words that I was studying, and this actually works really well. Um, you know, just drawing things in your notebook to remind yourself of what the word means. Um, it's just a really fun way to learn if you are a visual learner, and uh, I yeah. So just doing this is fun. Customize, know yourself, customize for yourself okay and okay so Ga- Howard Gardner yeah okay let's move on so tip number tip number three uh, this is a very simple tip set a clear goal okay when you take out your notebook when you take out your textbooks if you don't have a clear goal like and you just start you know studying on your own that's not going to take you very far you might continue for several weeks um, maximum, and then you'll be like, well, I don't have a goal, so okay, I'm just... And if you don't have a clear goal or a clear aim, um, you I don't think you will continue studying for that long. So set a clear goal. For example, um, my current goal for Uzbek is to be able to communicate fluently in all kinds of of situations uh, that is my current goal so to be able to you know to have decent conversations in Uzbek and maybe also be able to discuss some academic topics in Uzbek so I'm kind of aiming for like intermediate maybe upper intermediate that is my current goal so I know what level I'm aiming at so and and when I reach that goal, I will aim for a higher goal, okay? And right now for Russian, I'm aiming to get the second and third level certificates for TOEFL. TOEFL is the test for Russian as a foreign language. And I actually already have these certificates, but I took them like 10 years ago. So I want to retake them and I want to get better marks. So the second and third level certificates, a third level certificate for TOEFL is like uh, C1 level, C1. So C2 is like near native level. C1 is like a little bit less, but still, you know, good enough, um, like near, near native level. So I'm aiming at C1. I'm aiming at level three um, in TOEFL for Russian, and I'm using TOEFL uh, exam prep materials to study for uh, Russian, for my Russian exams. So I have a clear goal. I know what I want. 
I know what the end goal is, and I know that when I achieve the goal, then I will aim for a higher goal. So, so exam for example, if you're studying English, you might think, okay, so now I'm aiming for a band score of five five in IELTS, or I'm aiming for five point five, or I'm aiming for six, or I'm aiming for seven. Uh, a seven point seven band score in IELTS, or you might say to yourself, "I'm aiming for a score of one hundred in in uh, TOEFL IBT, or I'm aiming for eight hundred or nine hundred in TOEIC." Just set a clear goal for yourself, or you don't have to be so ambitious. You can be like, "Okay, I just want to be able to have simple conversations in this language." And that is also a good goal. It's not. It's not about the level. It's about whether you have like a clear aim or not. And this is so important. Okay. So tip number four.、Um, most a lot of people think that if they are going to study a language, they have to study like one language for three, two or three hours a day. And I disagree with this idea because.、Um, Uh, the way I do things is I set like a rotating schedule. So, for example, I study Russian for thirty minutes, then I take a five or ten minute break, and then I study Uzbek for thirty minutes, and then I take a five or ten minute break, and then for the next thirty minutes I do something totally different. I maybe I clean my house or I cook,、um, I cook dinner for myself or. I listen to a podcast, or I call my parents. For the next thirty minutes, I do something totally different, and then for the after that, for the next thirty minutes, I go back to study Russian. So, to so set a twenty or thirty minute rotation schedule, because、um, science has taught us that our brains can concentrate on one thing for maximum only forty minutes. So, if you're trying to study something. For over forty minutes, for an hour, for two hours, you will probably、um, not be able to concentrate for that long, and you will be exhausted. And so, don't think, "Oh, I need to study English today for two hours." No, don't think that. Think, okay, I'll just study English for twenty minutes in the morning, and then after I do some other stuff,、um, after I study math for half an hour, I'm gonna. Go for a walk. After I come back, I'm gonna study English vocabulary for thirty minutes. Then I'm gonna do something else. I'll study math, or I'll I don't know, watch one episode of、uh, uh, my favorite Korean drama. And then after that, in the evening, I'll study English again for half an hour. This time, I'll study grammar. You know, so so set this rotation schedule so that your brain is constantly refreshed. By new activities, okay, and this is not just for English. I mean, you can say this for anything that you're studying. So, so I, so any, so if you're studying math and I don't know history, you can do the same thing. You can set this rotation schedule, okay. And tip number five. This is a tip about the learning materials. Uh, or the study materials that you use, try to restrict or try to limit、um, the materials that you use. For example, a textbook to one or two, maximum three textbooks. 
don't suddenly buy like five or six textbooks and say, I'm going to use all these textbooks to study a new language. Don't overwhelm yourself with、uh, lots of study material because if you buy too many textbooks, you're going to be at a loss. You're not going to know where to start and you will end up not starting at all. So,、um, buy one textbook that you think will help you, that suits your level. Maybe two, okay, maximum three, and then just focus on that one or two, on those one or two textbooks. And this is to, it's really good not to make yourself feel overwhelmed. So, if you feel that you can handle the workload, then you will be more motivated. Okay? Tip number six. You know, when you take notes, I mean, you don't have to take notes of everything, but you know,、um, most of us just jot down the new words that we use and the definitions and draw pictures of them in our notebooks. So, when you so try to review your notebook, review the words that you learned previously、um, every time. So,、uh, when you take out your notebook, you know, review the words that you learned. Or you studied last time you studied the language, for example, English. And、uh, when you review your notebook, start from the back of the notebook, from the newest information. Because if you start reviewing from the beginning, then you will probably not get that far. And if you start from the back, you will be refreshing your memory about information that had come in most recently. So, it's easier for you to remember. So, review from the back. And when you're studying for a test, review your textbook from the back because that's going to be the newest information. You will remember it very well and you'll be able to kind of you know, move more quickly and effectively rather than starting from the beginning, the, from the very beginning. Okay? All right, tip number seven know your own strengths. And weaknesses and come up with strategies. Okay, I'm gonna give you an example. I'm studying Russian. I know that my greatest strength is speaking. I'm really good at speaking in Russian. I, of course, sometimes I can't find、uh, the appropriate words or phrases, but most of the time I enjoy speaking in Russian. I can have a very fluent conversation in Russian. I can speak about difficult academic topics in Russian. I'm, I'm just a good speaker, okay? So that's my strength. And my greatest weakness in Russian is grammar. I really need to, I really need to brush up my Russian grammar.、Um, well, not like the basic grammar, but like, you know, more advanced grammar. So、um, that's what I'm working on right now. I study Russian grammar every other day, and you know, I learn new grammar rules.、Um, I try to learn new grammar rules、um, as, as whenever I study Russian so, to improve my Russian grammar. So, if you know your strengths and weaknesses, are you good at writing? Are you good at、uh, speaking? Are you good at Listening? Are you good at、um, reading? 
Are you good at grammar? If you know what you're good at, and if you know what you're not good at, then you know which areas to work on and how to work on them. And this is where, again, Howard Gardner's theory comes in. If you know what kind of learner you are, are you a musical learner? Are you a mathematical learner? Are you an interpersonal learner? If you know what kind of learner you are, you can customize your schedule to that way of studying and incorporate it in order to hone the skills that you need to improve、um, in the area where you need you know, most improvement. So, so, really, make your strengths, turn your strengths、um, into super strengths. And turn your weaknesses into your strengths. So your weakness can become your new strength if you improve on them. Okay? All right. And the last advice, advice number eight, tip number eight Brain your, brainwash yourself into thinking that you love the things that you are studying. I mean, if you already enjoy studying whatever you're studying, Uh, whatever language you're studying, then that's great. You don't need to brainwash yourself. But for example, let's assume that you're studying English, and let's suppose that you need to study for IELTS, okay? And let's suppose that you like English, but you don't like IELTS. You, every time you think about IELTS, you feel like vomiting. You're like, whoa, I don't want to study IELTS. Let's suppose that that is the case. And then tell yourself, I love IELTS. I love IELTS. IELTS is so interesting. It makes me, it gives me new knowledge. It's so fun and exciting. IELTS is thrilling. Tell yourself, say these words to yourself、um, before you go to sleep every night. You know, before you go to bed, say to yourself, I love IELTS. IELTS is so much fun. And tell yourself that you love and you enjoy doing something that you might not necessarily like. So, by brainwashing yourself, your brain will come to like the thing that you previously did not like. This is like brainwashing, it's like psychological. So, you know, let's say you don't like apples, but if you look at an apple and say, I like apples, I love apples, they're so delicious. And if you continue this, if you repeat this to yourself for maybe a month, after a month, you will start liking apples. So tell yourself that you like something, and then you will start to like it. So if there's something in your studies that you don't enjoy, tell yourself that you enjoy it, okay? And, and then you will fall in love with the thing and,、uh, and become better at it, okay? Those were the eight tips from me about how to learn English or any other language effectively. And、uh, you can choose the ones, the tips that work for you. And finally, I would like to say a few closing remarks、uh, about today's topic in Japanese. Hi, Minasan, it's Kyomo Podcast, Kite Tadaki, Ariato Gozaimasu. あまあ、今日話したように英語とか、まあ、英語じゃなくてもどんな言語でもこう学び方みたいなのがありますよね。で、うん、自分に合った勉強の仕方自分が楽しいと思える、えっと、学習方法それを見つけていただければあの
英語でも何語でも勉強するのが苦ではなく、えっと、楽になると思いますで楽で楽ではなくもう楽しいと思うようになると思いますで先ほどあの英語でも話したように、うん、自分の強み自分がどんな学習者なのかということを把握することによってあ私は例えば絵を描きながら勉強するのが好きなんだとか私は音を通して音楽、えー、と歌とかを聴きながらあの英語を学ぶのがいいんだなとか、えーとまあ、いろんな学び方があると思うので自分の性格に合った自分が楽しいと思える方法で英語あと他の言語を、えー、勉強してみてください。あと初めに言ったように勉強っていう言葉が好きじゃなければ勉強じゃなくて遊ぶという動詞を使ってあ今日は英語と遊ぼう今日は今日は英語で遊ぼう遊ぶっていう言葉を使って楽しく言葉と、えー、言語と遊んであげてくださいはいご視聴いただきありがとうございます Alright so guys that is、um, it for today Thank you for listening. I hope you were able to learn new things today、um, and new phrases and vocabulary as well. As usual, please rate the podcast and write your comments and questions to my email, english.with.kaya at gmail.com or to my Instagram account.、Um, if you would like to be interviewed on my podcast, Shoot me an email, let me know. And if there is a topic that you would want me to discuss in one of、uh, the episodes, then yeah, let me know.、Uh, shoot me an email.、Uh, take care, have a nice week, and see you soon in the next episode.